All right, let's jump right into the message today that uh, the Lord has for us. We're on our series called Inside Out Living. So we're going to be working with that again today. So get your Bibles out and your sermon notes, version Bible. You can use that. We've got sermon notes available there. Let's open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Yeah! 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Maybe you thought I was going to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but I just purposely did not go there today because I didn't want to get stuck preaching on it anymore. So I just said, let's just skip on and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Today we're going to talk about another unique part of living inside out instead of living outside in. It's a powerful dynamic that I believe is going to help us in many areas of our life. And I'm I'm challenged to apply it, you know, as much as I've been preaching it and studying about it, it seems like the more that I talk about it, the more I have to apply it. Funny how that works. That I'll be seeing certain situations and scenarios and, and I'll find myself in a place where I'm looking at something or walking through something outside in instead of inside out. And I realize that I'm allowing my feelings or my emotions to control my behavior Instead of telling my feelings and my emotions how I'm going to behave regardless of how they feel. I don't know if you've ever been that place before, but I'm seeing that. and I, So I'm at least being aware of it that when I'm failing miserably, it's because I have an awareness that I'm, at that moment I'm allowing myself to react to what's happening to me instead of focusing on what's happening in me. And this is what God's wanting us to do as we move to inside-out style of living instead of outside-in. Because sometimes we're thinking that what we're lacking in life, what we need, is for something on the outside of us, away from our possession, something we don't currently have. We get convinced that something needs to happen to us that's outside of us for us to feel better about ourselves or our situation. Am I right about it? It's like, so something outside of me needs to happen to me in order for me to be better. And I'm just wondering, and I want us to challenge ourselves, what if it's not something that needs to happen from the outside to me, and instead it's something that needs to happen from the inside from me? What if, and it's just food for thought, what if God has done something on the inside of you that now, because after we're born again, our spirit has been made new, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, everything we need is available to us on the inside. There's no more that needs to come to us. It now needs to come out of us. It's not us independent of God. It's us dependent on God because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So now everything that we need, it's an inside job. All of our solutions are coming from within. Why? Because God is within. Are you tracking with me? I'm not saying inside like we don't need God. I'm saying God's in me. So everything that you need, everything you need to walk in love, peace, joy, fulfillment, kindness, all everything you need for patience, all of it's coming from inside you instead of outside of you. How many have ever had this experience? Maybe while family's around, you've experienced this over the holidays, that you just wish you would feel much more at peace if all the chaos around you would stop. We've had this in our house a number of times with five children. One of the blessings of that is noise. And, you know, we've got, you know, uh, how do I want to say this without incriminating anyone? So, 
I really don't know how I'm going to say it without <laughs> throwing. I don't want to throw anybody, anybody under the bus. But we'll just say sometimes people can get fussing each other. And sometimes it's not even mad. They're just playing loud. You know, just noise going on. People running around. And you know something's going to build where somebody's going to end up crying. They're just going on. They're hitting each other. They're doing something. And just all this is going on on the outside. And if you're not careful... I can think, you know what, we just need some peace. So if all you just be quiet, I can have some peace. And then I think about Jesus in the midst of a storm, sleeping like a baby, where everybody else thinks they're dying. So inside out is saying, I need to even be able to have peace when there's chaos in the house. Inside out instead of outside in. Too many times we're convinced something needs to happen to me instead of something needing to happen from me. Write this down if you're taking notes. It's not what happens to you in life. It's what happens in you that matters. Let me say that again. It's not what happens to you in life. It's what happens in you that matters. Your response to what happens to you determines what you're going to do with your life. What happens to you, you may not be able to control, but absolutely we can control what happens in us. Amen. Sometimes things are going to happen to you that you don't like, but what's going to happen in you in response to that, that's going to make the difference in where you go in that situation. So this is what we're, we're talking about. We want, to, we want to win within before we win without. We need to win on the inside before we'll ever win on the outside. See, in life, we got to learn to win on the inside. you got to overcome the obstacles within you before you're going to overcome obstacles on the outside of you. Too many times we get convinced, and I'm just like anybody else, we get convinced that everybody outside of us is our problem. If it wasn't for people and the devil, we would have a perfect life. That's what we think. But that's not the truth. Because we got ourselves to deal with. How many knows that sometimes your problem is not your spouse, it's you? I said sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it's not that person at work, it's you. Sometimes it's not your boss, it's you. All right, you want me to move on, I can tell. But see, too many times we're looking to push the blame instead of producing the resolution or the solution from within us. We want to push the blame on someone else. Like uh, this was happening with one of my, I got all kinds of sermon material for my children. They were talking the other day, and uh, one of them was mad at the other one, and one said, well, she, she did this, and she just did that on purpose to make me mad. I said, well, nobody can make you mad unless you allow them to. Uh-uh. <laughs> I said, what do you mean she made you mad? You chose to get mad. But it's, again, that's outside-in living. Somebody does something, so then I respond to that. And God's saying, hey, I want you to come out of that. Have you found 1 Corinthians chapter 3 yet? I just gave you plenty of time to turn there. Look what it says, because I want you to see what God's wanting to do in our life. I believe this is what's going to happen today. God's going to either start growing something on the inside of you, or he's going to throw some fertilizer on what's already growing on the inside of you, and it's going to happen. I'm believing for breakthrough today. 
I'm believing for breakthrough, but the problem is we've been convinced that breakthrough is when something comes from the outside and comes to us, but I believe that breakthrough is when something comes out of us and we allow it to come out from within and our outer man releases it into our life. I'm convinced of this, that most of the time our breakthrough limitations are not somebody else, it's us limiting ourselves, limiting what God wants to do through us. We limit ourselves through our own fears, our own intimidations, our own anxieties. We don't let out what God wants let out. That's just what I, what I believe, and I'm, I want to encourage you with that today. First Corinthians chapter 3, I might as well get to the scripture. It says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal As to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you are not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able, for you're still carnal, where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Mere men or or mere women? What does that mean? When you read that there, are you not carnal behaving like mere men or mere women? Are you behaving like normal people, natural people. And so when I read this, remember Paul's writing this to Christians. So he's challenging us that when we have envy, strife, and divisions in our life, in other words, when you're carnal, carnal means that you're allowing your feelings and your emotions to control your life. When you're doing that, we are behaving like mere men or mere women. But God has given us a tool He's given us the Holy Spirit in our life that allows us to live above mere or above near normal circumstances. So we have something accessible to us, and he says here, I don't want you to behave like mere men or mere women. I want you to grow up and behave more than that. I want you to be spiritual people. He wants us to grow up to a higher way of living. And this is what Christianity is about. Don't hear this. Being a Christian doesn't make you better than people. It doesn't make you better than someone else. It makes you better than you. Being a follower of Jesus does not make me better than someone else. It makes me better than me. Me on myself is not very good. Some of you don't know Chad on himself. But it's not pleasant. It's not good. You think I'm a great guy. You think I'm a nice, sweet person and all. But Chad on his own is no good. He's no good. There's nothing good of myself. Anything that's good about me is what Jesus has done in me. So now that allows me to go from being a mere man or normal man to now I can walk above that to a different way of life. He wants us to grow up beyond normal and be something above that. Because here's the thing we got to realize. The enemy is afraid of your growth. He is afraid of your growth. The problem in church too many times is that we didn't want to preach anything beyond salvation. That all you need to do is get saved. You're on your way to heaven. So just hang on. Hang on till Jesus comes. That's all you need. You're saved. That's it. We needed to grow beyond salvation. Not that salvation is not good. It's not either or. It's an addition to that forgiveness of sins is part of the package, but it's not the entire package. 
He wants us to do something here on earth. So he's asking us to grow up. So he's wanting us to grow up because the enemy doesn't want you to grow. Do you realize this? The enemy is not your biggest problem. Our, our biggest problem is our lack of growth. Notice what Paul said. I couldn't even speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal. In other words, you're still led around by your feelings and your emotions. You're still riding the roller coaster of how you feel every day. I feel close to God. Awesome. I'm a son or daughter of the king. Woo. Praise the Lord. I don't even know if I'm saved. I just feel low. I feel low. See, and God wants you to get off the roller coaster of your emotions. See, I want, I want to challenge you. As I'm, as I'm walking through this, God's even challenging me sometimes that we get in the habit. I'm going to speak to church folk for a moment. We get in the habit of trying to earn our relationship with God. I'm telling you, and it's something we'll say amen, and then you'll turn around and do it today. I'll do it today. I'll do it right after this message. You'll have feelings where you'll try and do something to earn your relationship with God. And God's wanting us to get off of that roller coaster and know that you are born again and just believe it. And when you feel it the least, this is really important. When you know we're growing, we don't grow in our relationship with God when we feel awesome about our relationship with God. Anybody can do that then. You know when we grow in our relationship with God? When you're not even feeling like you're saved and you still press in and you worship God, you go and you talk to him and you just say, you know what? I'm going to believe you, God. I'm going to believe what you say about me. I'm going to pray. I don't, it doesn't feel like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, but I'm going to keep praying anyway because I'm not going to let my feelings and my emotions control my relationship with God. When you feel the farthest away from God, that is your opportunity. Don't let it pass you by. Don't overlook it. Don't say, well, I guess I better wait till I feel different. No, grab hold of that opportunity. And when you feel the furthest away from God, that's when you pray. That's when you pull out your Bible and you read it. And you feel like you're wasting all of your time. Read it, read it, read it. Why? You're overcoming your feelings. And you're saying, I don't care how I feel. I believe in what God says about me. Don't pass up that opportunity. Everybody can go, woo, when everything's going good. But I'm talking about in your worst, lowest moments, that's when you run to God. When everything about you says, run away, God doesn't care. Run away, he's not listening to you. In that moment, you run on your knees and you say, God, I need you more than ever in my life. Now you're growing. And this is what he says. I, I couldn't even talk to you as spiritual people. Spiritual just means that you're... You're led by God. You're led by the inner man, but, but you're still carnal, still going by how you feel. You're still babes in Christ. What's a babe in Christ mean? They're still Christians. They're born again. They're in Christ. It says that they're believers, but they're babes. They needed to grow up, need to grow. How did they need to grow? They needed to grow by changing their decision maker from their feelings and their emotions over to their spirit. And we're going to talk about how to do that today and see what it looks like, how we want our, our inner man to lead us. Here's the first part. He says, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal. Look in verse two. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. So number one way that we're going to grow in our inner man, our spirit being, to become more spiritual, to grow in your spirituality, it takes one thing in particular. He says, I fed you with milk. Did he actually feed them with bottles of milk? Is he talking about actually giving them food, solid food? Did he cut up a T-bone steak and give it to them? 
When he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, what is he talking about? In verse 1, I could not speak to you. He fed them by speaking to them. Words. What feeds our spirit? What feeds our inner man? Words. The word of God feeds our spirit man. Jesus said this in Luke 4, 4. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Bread feeds our outer man. The word of God feeds our... There you go. How are you going to grow in your spirituality with God? You're only going to grow by your... Hear me on this. You're only going to grow by your personal relationship with the word of God. You will not grow. I'm, I'm, I'm just wanting to help somebody. You will not grow in your inner man. You will not grow in your understanding of what God has for you without your own personal relationship with the Word of God. If you don't read the Bible for yourself, you will not grow. I didn't say you won't be saved. I didn't say you won't go to heaven. I'm just saying you will not be able to grow because you're not getting any food. When we ate on Thanksgiving, we ate and ate and ate. We grew, we grew, we grew. Well, when we eat the word of God, it causes our inner man to grow, grow. And so when I'm talking about breakthrough, the breakthrough that I'm talking about is not something coming into your life. The breakthrough that I'm talking about is something coming up out of your spirit and breaking through the outer man crust and letting the world be able to see it. God's wanting to break through in your life, but the only way it'll grow is when we read God's word. We feed on God's word. We feed on what God says. We feed on what God says. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger till all of a sudden we start seeing it in our life. But it doesn't matter what your relationship with your parents' relationship it doesn't even matter just how many times you come to church. You will not grow without a personal relationship with the Word of God. So I'm just encouraging you, read the Word of God. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Spend time. Be disciplined about, well, I just don't get anything out of it. You just keep reading it. Well, I just, I can't remember what, what I read. It, you don't remember everything that you ate, but you still ate it. You can't even remember what you had for breakfast three days ago. But you ate it and you understood that it helped you get nourishment. Well, just keep reading your Bible. You won't know exactly what you get out of every single time, but I promise you it is nourishing your spirit. Here's what the enemy wants you to believe. He wants you to believe if you don't get anything up here, then it is no benefit to you. But I'm not reading just for me to get it up here. I'm reading to get it in my spirit. Hmm. I'm not always going to understand everything that I read, but I promise you it's feeding me. That's what I want to do. So I, that's how we do it. Milk's not bad. It's just temporary. I said I couldn't feed you. I was just feeding you with milk, not with solid food. Milk is a metaphor that they use for uh, the first principles of something. So we, we want to grow by that. Look what 1 Peter 2, 2 says it this way. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire as newborn babes... Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. What's going to help us grow in our relationship with God? The milk of the word. Now, when it says pure, it's a word that means uh, doesn't have contaminants in it. 
In other words, it doesn't have any foreign objects in it. When something is pure, there's no foreign substances contaminating it. This is why in our life, we need a relationship with the word. And the pure word means I don't bring any foreign contaminants into the word. I take it for what it says and I believe it for what it says. I leave it on its own and I don't try and water it down or contaminate it with my reasoning to contradict what he says. I'm going to grow when I let the pure milk of the word come into my heart and I don't start trying to allow a little bit of the world's thinking in with the word's thinking and try and put a little concoction together and I drink my own little concoction of a mixture of the world and the word. I need the pure milk of the word to grow. It's got to be what the Bible says is what what he's telling us here in 1 Peter. Now look what the word grow means. I give this to you in your notes. You're going to need this. It means to spring up to develop, to maturity, to increase, to grow, to spread, or to extend. So when we become a baby as we're born again, again, we talked about getting saved, and and sometimes people thought that's all there is to it. That's not all there is to it. That's just the beginning. So now we become a baby in Christ. Now we need to grow. We need to grow in our understanding of what Jesus died to give us. So this is what he's asking us to do, why we need the word, because he's going to start unpacking everything that's available to us. So the breakthrough is going to come from the inside out. But look what happens here in 1 Corinthians 3. I've fed you with milk and not with solid food. Why? For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able to receive it. You are not able to receive it. Now what hinders us from receiving the truths of God's word? Two things that I'm going to emphasize, there could be a number of things, but two things I'm going to emphasize. Number one is the enemy will try and heal. The Bible says that the thief comes immediately to steal the seed. In other words, after you hear this message, immediately the enemy is going to try and use any tactic to steal that seed from getting root in your life. In other words, he's going to try and get to forget it, try to overlook it, say whatever, that was a nice sermon. He's going to try and keep you from allowing that to get seed in your heart. But the second thing, that I think is a bigger issue for us that keeps us from receiving the truths of God's word is our outer man, our natural thinking, our own reason and our logic. So let's see what, what the Bible says about that. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just flip the page maybe if you've got your Bibles and you'll see it there. Our own natural thinking. Because I want to I encourage you with this. I hope it's an encouragement. The devil is not your biggest problem. Our biggest problem is us growing in understanding of what God has given us. The devil's doing his job. The question is, are we doing ours? If we do our job and he does his job, we win. He's already been defeated. So if we just empower and enact everything that Jesus already did, then there is nothing he can do to stop you. That should be a lot more encouraging than what you responded But it's just too easy to say, well, the devil's just stopping me. The devil's this, the devil's that. But what about us growing in understanding of who we are as sons and daughters, and now we start to begin to take authority over things and say, you know what? I'm working from the inside out, not the outside in. I'm not going to let that hinder me anymore. I'm not going to let that discourage me anymore. See, the temptation is, and I came out of this, the temptation is this teaching 
that gives us that, you know what, it doesn't matter what you do, God's either gonna do it or he's not gonna do it, it's out of your control. And that's a teaching that I came out of. And so now it's easy to gravitate towards that and say, you know what, I just wanna live in a world where it doesn't matter what I do, it's just up to whatever God wants. If he wants it to happen, it'll happen. If he doesn't want it to happen, it won't happen. And so we just live in this world where we don't have any responsibility for us growing in our understanding of the knowledge of God and applying the principles that God's put in our lap. Mm, mm. Let me just say it this way. We don't do that in any other area of our life, but we want to do it with our Christianity. Everyone that has a phone, no matter what you know about your phone and how to use your phone, there's somebody who knows more than you. How many of you have ever tried to do something with your phone that you couldn't do and you had to hand it to your kids and say, fix that for me. Hey, can you get it to do this? I want it to do this. And all of a sudden they take it and they sit there and they're working, work here, dad. What happens? You had the same capability in your hands, but you didn't have the knowledge, so therefore it didn't work for you. But because it didn't work for you, didn't mean it couldn't be done. We understand that in natural ways, Why do we not understand that in biblical ways? It's too easy to say, you know what? If God wants it to happen, it'll happen. And we put our Bibles down, don't read our Bibles, and think we're doing good when God's saying, hey, I gave you the the capabilities right there. All you got to do is figure out how to use what I've given you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. See My desire, and I believe this is the desire of God in all of us, is for us to grow in our understanding of what Jesus died to give us, where our life has got to be more than just coming to church and listening to sermons, where we walk in power and authority and we become sons and daughters and we begin to change the world around us. We start living from the inside out instead of outside in, where God just is using our life so that now we're affecting others around us and helping them live a better life. Amen. So now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. So what's hindering our growth? Look what it says in verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, so eyes seeing and ears hearing. Is that outer man or inner man? Outer man. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard. Outer man. Nor have entered into the heart of man. Now the heart of man is not talking about your organ, the heart. It's talking about your spirit or your inner man or your inner being. So he says, now, nor have entered into the heart of man, the inner man, the things which God has prepared for those. Prepared, is that present tense or past tense? Past tense. So God has prepared things for you. Prepared means to make ready in advance. Am I right? So God has prepared things for us, made ready in advance for you. Everything we need to do what God has asked us to do, he has prepared it. When I showed up for Thanksgiving meal, people had prepared food. And they all brought their dish in and they set it down and it was already cooked. All I had to do was grab a plate, walk through the line, start dishing, piling Piling, piling, get a backup plate. (laughs) 
It's already prepared. It was prepared waiting for me to partake. There's a preparation and there's a partaking. God is prepared, but we still got to partake. God doesn't do the partaking, he does the preparing. But too many people have bought into the the fact that God not only prepares it, but he also puts it on your plate and he shoves it in your mouth. They believe this is their theology of God and how he works, that he cooks the food, doesn't even ask you to come to the table. Wherever you're sitting, he will find you And he will take the food and he will shove it in your mouth. And this is their idea of how God works. And that's not how it works in the natural. Why do we think God's a preparer? We're the partakers. So he's prepared for those who love him. But look what happens. It's not eye hasn't seen it, ear hasn't heard it, neither has it entered into the heart of man. Look at the word entered. The word entered means to go up, to sprout, or to grow up. To sprout or to grow up. I wrote this down. You need to hear this and remember this. Because that word entered means to grow, sprout, or grow something. Nothing is growing where we're not sowing. Let me say this again. Nothing is growing in our life where we're not sowing. God implemented a system in the earth called seed time and harvest time. In other words, there's a sowing part, and then there's a harvest part. You sow, and you'll reap. Galatians chapter 6 says this, do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man or woman sows, that, everybody say that, they will also reap. We will reap what we sow. That's not punishment. It's a promise. See, people hear, well, you're going to reap what you sow, and they think that's negative, that's punishment. I'll reap what I sow, I reap what I sow. It's not, it's, <laughs> it's not a punishment. It's a promise. What we reap determines, is determined by what we choose to sow. That's not God's fault. The seed is on our end. The process of producing a harvest is on God's end, but the seed that we sow determines what we reap. Look at the next verse. It says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. He who sows to the outer man will reap from the outer man. He who sows to the inner man will reap from the inner man. I say it this way. What we sow to is what we will reap from. I brought this little device. This is my seed spreader. And I've got a little dial, this little, little notch here on the side that you can determine how much seed you scatter. You can make it for a bunch at one time. You can open it up or you can make it small. And then it's got a little trigger on here that when I, when I pull the trigger, see if I just turn this crank, I got, I got to pull the trigger before it allows seed to come out. And so as I was reading this and, and he said, neither has entered into the heart of man entered, sprouted up. So eye hasn't seen it, ear hasn't heard it, that's outer man. But the problem 
is that seed hasn't entered into your spirit yet. So he's saying, whenever you sow into, sow the word of God into your heart, you will produce a harvest from what you sow. In other words, if you're trying to change what you're growing in your life, you need to change what you're sowing in your life. We can't change what we're harvesting immediately, but we can change what we're sowing immediately. Some of us, we're reaping of some things we sowed prior, currently. Maybe you're reaping some situations right now, some circumstances that aren't good in your life. You sowed some bad seed, and now you're reaping that harvest. You can't change your harvest right now, but you can change your seed right now. So I can't change what I did yesterday to get me to where I am, but I can change what I'm doing today to get me to a different tomorrow. I can change as long as I keep sowing. See, the problem is we want to reap from where we're not sowing. Not you, but other people. (laughs) They want want to keep them, pray for them, they want to keep sowing to their flesh, but they want to reap spirituality. They want to keep doing what they want to do when they want to do it, but wonder why they feel so far away from God. They want, to keep, they want to keep sowing into their attitude and into their temper when they feel like they keep responding to what people do to them, but they're wanting to change their ways. At some point, you've got to change what you're sowing to. I've got to start sowing into what God wants in my life instead of just reacting to what I feel. So this is what we're talking about with the seed. You sow to the flesh, you're going to reap from the flesh. So some of the things that keeps us from reaping it is our own natural man, our own outer man. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. But look at verse 10. The things which he's prepared for us. The things that he's made ready in advance for us. But God has revealed them to us through his what? His spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The spirit is that inner man or outer man. Inner man. So the things that God has prepared for us, is he going to reveal them to your outer man or to your inner man? To your inner man. So we've got to stop trying to figure out in our brain what God's wanting to reveal to us, and we've got to receive it through our spirit. Why? Because our eye hasn't seen it yet, ear hasn't heard it yet, so we've got to sow God's word into our heart, and we will begin to grow it from within us instead of waiting for it to happen to us. It will happen inside us. Everything that you're needing in your life, God's wanting to grow it in you. How many of you needing, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you needing more patience in your life? How many of you needing more wisdom in your life to make decisions? Maybe you've got relationship situations you need to handle. Maybe you've got financial situations. Maybe, maybe it's something in your body, your health-wise. Where you sow is what you're going to grow. Sow to the things of God, you're going to reap from the things of God. But look what happens. We're looking at the wrong thing. We're looking to re- rationalize it, but he says he reveals it to our spirit. Look at verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit inner man which is in him? And again, when I say man, I'm talking about inner spirit, not male or female. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received, that means accepted as true, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, 
So we're not receiving the outer man, but we're leaning into and receiving the spirit from God, inner man, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I'm only going to know what's been given to me by God when I receive and I tap into the inner me and I bypass how I feel in the moment and I concentrate on what God says about my situation. I'm going to grow spiritually when I override my feelings and I trust what he says. Because look what, how this works. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Verse 13, here's a big one. These things we also speak. Wait a minute, what do we speak? Put it in the context of what we're talking about. These things. These things. That's got to refer to something. These things we speak. So what do we speak? The things which God has prepared for us. But they're revealed to our spirit. It says in verse 10. So he says, I want you to speak about the things that I've revealed to your spirit. In other words, start speaking from the inner man. Start speaking from what I show you in your heart before you ever see it with your eyes. Speak from what I've put in your inner man before you hear it with your outer man. These things we speak. In other words, I start speaking things from a place. Oh, Jesus. I'm starting to speak from somewhere that people can't see it yet. Jesus did this and they thought he was crazy. You do this, they're gonna think you're crazy. But the Bible says in Romans chapter four, I believe it is around verse 17, that God calls things that do not exist as though they do. This is speaking from your inner man. It says these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, outer man, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing, that word comparing means to judge or examine spiritual things with spiritual. Here's what it means. Can I encourage you with this part? Don't allow, and this is hard for me, so it may be hard for you too, but we can't allow our natural man to limit what God is telling us in our heart. We've got to learn to speak. Look what it says. Words which the Holy Spirit teaches, not which man's wisdom teaches. There's going to be times God's going to speak something to me, and he's going to say, Chad, I need you to believe this for me. But man's wisdom will not agree with what he told me. So I've got a choice. Am I going to speak what man's wisdom says, or am I going to speak what God says? This is how we grow up. This is what Paul was saying. I want you to be spiritual. Here's what spiritual people do. They don't talk just limited to man's wisdom. They speak what the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, that means I don't allow myself to judge the validity of a spiritual truth with natural reasoning. Man, let me say it again. I gotta slow down. I just got so much I'm wanting to get out. Don't allow yourself to judge the validity of a spiritual truth by natural reasoning. He says, comparing spiritual with spiritual. He didn't say compare spiritual with your natural. He didn't say judge the validity of the spiritual truth whether you can figure it out or not. It doesn't mean that man's wisdom is no good. It means man's wisdom has a place. It doesn't mean that man's wisdom is not, inv- uh, not valuable. It is, but man's wisdom is limited. Can we at least agree on that? Man says, I'm just, who are we going to go to for our answers? Man's wisdom 
Holy Spirit, teach us. Who are we going to put more as a valid person in this scenario? The one who created the universe, created all the stars, all the planets, created it so that a male and female can come together and reproduce another living being. Are we going to go to him? Or are we going to go to the person who can't remember where they put their car keys? Man's wisdom versus Holy Spirit teaches. We can't remember what we ate for breakfast three days ago, but we're going to trust our wisdom above the wisdom of God teaches us. This is inner man. We've got someone who created the infinite creation. I mean, it's beyond our mind available to us. And he say, listen, there's truths that I'm speaking into, but look, at here's the problem. Verse 14, here's where it trips us up. Here's where it gets us. But the natural man, outer man, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. That word means absurd to him, outer man. Nor can he know them because they are, how are they discerned? How are they discerned? Spiritually. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I believe God's going to do today. I'm scattering seed. I'm just scattering seed today. You're the soil. And my prayer is that you'll take whatever God's speaking to you. And I don't know. We're going to, we're going to ask in a moment what God's speaking to you. And you're going to grab a hold of what the Holy Spirit says. And you're going to allow, I believe, breakthrough is going to happen from the inside out. Things emotionally challenging you, things that are emotionally been difficult for you, God says the answer is within you. Not within you, independent of God, independent or inside you because God is inside of you.